Welcome to Day Zero Update for April 18th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. And yeah, we've got a fairly busy week here. A bunch of news, but kind of dominated by a couple of things here. A lot of stuff that just happened that is already available. Mm-hmm. A few things coming up. We got our first events scheduled for E3. Mm. And a sale that is not happening. Yeah. It's a publisher. And uh, Nintendo had a uh, showcase for their Indie World stuff. Yep. That has uh, quite a bit there. I did the work to make sure where everything was coming out. Because sometimes that stuff can be pretty hard to find. But that's, uh, that's it for this week for news. But before we get to that stuff, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. And I will start here. First up, I have finished Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I finished that earlier today in the stream. Was hoping to get it done last night, but started a little bit late and got to an annoying point in the, I think it's Quark's Hideout level. Uh, went both ways for a bit and basically got to a point where uh, I was getting just wrecked and not having a right strategy down, but... Uh, today managed to get through that without too yeah. much trouble. Yeah, there's some checkpoints that are not great there near the end of the game. Uh-huh. Where you're kind of getting through these different sections. And you think like, oh, there's going to be a checkpoint, you know, anytime now. And you die, and you're all the way back at your ship. It's like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. That's maybe the the major issue of the those first three games is there's not enough checkpoints mm. in that uh, but it was also the easiest to get all the weapons I had ah. all of them by the end uh, before we got to the last planet ah. uh, so I finished the game with like some 200,000 bolts and when I started up the, the challenge mode because once you beat it it's just like hey you want to go back to before you did the boss fight or do you want to start challenge mode so I usually just start the challenge mode because it'll let you kind of get to a save point there and kind of see where you're at. Yeah. I had like 240,000 bolts then that were just not really able to use for anything. Yeah. Like that, the those last two stages are uh, really assholes. Mm-hmm. They do some they do some nice stuff. Uh, the one where you're taken down, where you're getting to the uh, the one thing you're trying to blow up, yeah, uh, one of the whatever the the thing that turns everybody into robots. Mm. That uh, uh, I died there. I had to kill a few guys, but could skip most of the rest. It didn't spawn any more enemies, which is weird. Mm. But uh, and especially the the thing we were in the the tyranoid suit. Uh, those guys, you didn't have to redo the little rhythm game sections there. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, these are all unlocked. You can just waltz on through. It's like, oh, okay, that's. That's nice. I think that game has the worst of their door puzzle mechanics, mm. where it's kind of a tempest type of thing. Yeah, and they love to have their shields above enemies. Mm-hmm. That if you're not paying attention or if you're you know busy with stuff, you can easily let one of them hit the top, and then you have to start over again on that on that wave at least. But it's like the most time consuming one mm. of them all. I like the probably the one that was in Going Commando. Where there's the sort of the ball you're rotating, and then there's the the one where you're just flipping the 
the switches. But yeah, that uh, that's not great. But the the boss fight was pretty cool. At the end, the it was tough, but it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Though I did like the Galactic Ranger robots showed up, started wrecking stuff, and like, ah, we'll hang out back here. I was like, no, you're blowing these dudes up pretty easy. Help me out in this last fight. Uh, though when you fight the the mega robot at the end, that was super easy. Once I figured out what yeah. was going on, because initially they're like, hey, here's the here's the little buggy thing you're driving around. I was like, this can't shoot for shit. What the hell is this for? Mm-hmm. And I thought the Quark's ship was the other one, but that was one you can drive. The hover ship. Oh, there was just strafe, and I just shot at him, and it was done pretty quick. I was like, this is a little anticlimactic after the, the tough nefarious fight. Mm-hmm. But uh, you leave nefarious and his butler on a asteroid never to be seen again. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no, uh, they show up in the next game. <laughs> yeah. But that was uh, that's pretty good foreshadowing. They're like, oh, they'll be back at some point. Mm-hmm. So I'll be starting Ratchet Clank Future Tools of Destruction uh, in the next couple days, I was going to do it Tuesday, but then I got a call from Walgreens that they are able to push up my appointment for the second vaccine shot to Tuesday morning. I'm like, oh, let's let's fucking do that. Because uh, I'll be able to call off work. I'll get a day off the next day and hopefully be okay. And I'll see how I feel up for streaming after that. But I'm looking forward to getting to Tools of Destruction because that game will be a huge improvement in graphics. I think those the games from that point on are pretty much uh, pretty solid in the gameplay department. Shouldn't have as much issues with like the camera getting stuck in hallways and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird platforming issues. I kept, I kept dying because I would land on one of the platforms that you mm-hmm. make and then run off of it right as I'm about to jump. And just fucking fall is maddening every time, but that game's still a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, that was the first time I'd beaten that one, so everything else I've I'm playing here is all stuff I've beaten. So mm. that'll be fun when I get to it. Uh, I did get MLB The Show 21. Uh, pre-ordered the early access version, so I've been playing that for a good chunk of the weekend. And it's pretty great. Uh, there are some changes they've made. The uh, road of the show is a bit different than it has been in the previous years, where you would just start up a new save and create a character and all that for it. Uh, this one they have attached to your account is a default character. Uh, mm-hmm. So that is so you kind of just have the one player that you use for the road to the show mode, but you can uh, splinter them out into other. So like the, the default things they are kind of incorporating the Shohei Otani stuff, which if you don't know, he is a, a Japanese player that came to the league a couple years ago is a two way player. So you can pitch and bat. Uh, he is not the first of the kind for that stuff, but the first in a long time to really have a, a focus on that. So they've incorporated that into Road to the Show where your player off the bat is available to do either. And so like with the, the stuff you do, talking to your coaches and all that after you get drafted, the you know they say like, oh, do you want to... They give you a 
a couple of games with uh, the hitting and I think one game with the pitching and you can say like, Hey, I just want to be a hitter. I want to be a pitcher. I can do both, whatever, uh, that kind of thing. And I feel like I would like that decision to be made earlier when you're setting up your, your save for that. Just like, I just want to focus on this or that. So it's kind of feels like an NBA 2k kind of thing where you play through the obscenely long story modes where all your character, you have no agency over what your character, your players up front. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this year they're undrafted, uh, or this year they're highly drafted, or this year they've, you know, done this or that, or whatever uh, kind of thing. There's not really any heavy handed story to it outside of the initial stuff. You do get some like TV show talking head segments in there talking about your player in very vague terms, that kind of stuff. But yeah, the that's the the main issue that I see people having is like not being able to just default create multiple different characters, uh, different looks, and all that. I usually created the same basic character. I maybe when I made my pitcher, he would have the the wild thing hairstyle, uh, you know, like the zigzags in the back of the head, kind of thing from uh, Major League. Uh, my batter would just be more normal looking. Uh, so that's the. Uh, the equipment stuff is still around where you have equipment that gets dropped in Diamond Dynasty or in the, uh, I think in Road of the Show to also drop, but it enhances stats and all that kind of stuff. And I guess from what people are saying, you can increase your your stats up to a certain point, and then those equipment are kind of how you further uh, increase them. Mm. So I haven't delve too much into road to the show just yet uh, i just got to the point where i did my first pitching uh game so that's kind of where i'm at on that but it seems like a lot more interesting kind of framework for it i just kind of wish you had a bit of the an easier time to kind of split them up because i'm trying to s- create these saves where it's like oh this one's the one where i stay a first baseman and this is the one where i do a pitcher kind of thing. So if I want to do either one, I have a character that does both. But uh, since your character is kind of at the account level, it has loadouts for that stuff. So every time you move to the next game, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what loadout do you want? And I have to... Uh, it took me a couple games to realize this, and so I got set up for pitcher and first baseman because different equipment has different effects, and some it's more pitcher stat related and others are more hitter stat related that kind of stuff so it's kind of made the whole thing a little bit more complex to get into initially but i think once you settle down it should be okay Mm -hmm. for that but that's kind of that Uh, diamond dynasty is their uh, ultimate team style mode and i think it's they've done a really good job with it this year they made a lot easier to see where cards come from so when you're looking at your overall collection, uh, you can see, and it's not just showing you the cards you have, but all the potential ones for each team. You can see like, oh, this one's tied to uh, this event. So I should go play this event to see if I can get this to drop, that kind of thing. There's the the conquest mode, which is their whole weird XCOM style strategy mode uh, where you're kind of trying to take over territories and all this kind of stuff. That is... It tells you up front, like, oh, this is going to get you, you know, this many packs if you do all the 
objectives on it. This one's going to get you this, you know, diamond bat skin, that kind yeah. of stuff. So they do a good job of telling you, like, here's the rewards you're going to get out of this for doing it. Someone's just like, oh, yeah. you just get stubs and XP for that. Uh, they've also added a, a whole big layer to the cards that you can level up the cards so their stats get better, but not in the way that Madden does it, which is just stupid and time-consuming. Well, it's time-consuming because you have to get resources to pump into that stuff. Uh, there's like a few different kinds of resources, and sometimes you need specific kinds of cards. You have to figure out where the fuck those came from. All that kind of stuff. Here, you just kind of use the cards, and they get XP that you can see in the the card uh, screen. It's like called parallel upgrading. There's like five levels for each card. I think it is that they'll get better stats as they go along as you use it more. It seems to be fairly uh, a slow process to it. And if you are one of the first people to do to level up that card, you get your username plastered on it. Uh, they also have that for cards, like the high level diamond cards. It'll say like discovered by this person, uh, that kind of stuff. So there's some element of that stuff to it. So there's a lot to it uh, because I had the, uh, the pre-order edition. I got some extra stuff there and have been kind of using the, the stubs that you get from a number of the events. Uh, I had enough to buy this one of these launch packs. That was like 30,000 bolts or stubs that uh, gave you cards that you could sell for like 40,000. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll get the one that says it's got the highest value. Sold it. Bought another one of those. Got the same card. Sold it again. Had quite a bit of money to spend on other stuff mm. there. So I've kind of been playing the the card market a bit as it's in the launch window, uh, especially as early access people paying out the ass for some of these cards with their, or their stubs. Uh, so I've been kind of taking advantage of that, selling a lot of the cards that I don't need. Cause it's like, well, this is a good picture, but I also get more good pictures as I keep playing. So it's not, it's not like I'm missing out on a good picture by selling one off that kind of stuff. It seems like they also have energy for some of the pictures. Yeah. Uh, so you don't just keep using the same starter and over, over, over again. I think before they would just have it be randomized to pick one of your five starters mm-hmm. for that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what happens if you run out. Uh, I just change it up often enough. I don't have to worry about that. Mm. So uh, there's a lot of cool stuff there. I'm looking forward to digging it into it a bit more. But the Diamond Dynasty was pretty much all I played yesterday when I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing actual work, I was just like, I'll just fucking do this moment thing, which is like a quick little uh, challenge to, you know, get certain stats in the, the session, recreating a bunch of the big moments that have happened over the past year. Even they got some stuff. It's like daily ones that are just, here's something interesting that happened yesterday. Try mm-hmm. and replicate it, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so far, pretty positive impressions of this. It's, uh, Visually, it doesn't look like a huge upgrade or anything on PS5. Though the weird thing is the PS5 version is a smaller file size than the Xbox Series S version that I have. Mm. It's 61 gigs on PS5 and 72 on Xbox. And it seems like it's the, the same for either one. 
uh, yeah. same file that you're downloading. So I assume it's the same file size for either one. So it's a little bit weird, but uh, whatever. It works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be checking out the Xbox Series S version, seeing how that is. But uh, yeah, liking that so far. And that'll be out on Tuesday for everybody that is on uh, Xbox with Game Pass. Or if you want to pay you know, the, the normal price for it mm. on PS4 or PS5, uh, that'll be out then. And I've also been playing a game called Cozy Grove. I described this to you on Friday, Brandon. Yeah, uh, kind of a uh, mix of Animal Crossing and Spiritfarer. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of have this island that you're exploring as a spirit scout. Yeah. Which kind of deals with spirits that, at least on this island, are bears. Mm-hmm. That I don't know if they're like humans that in this sort of corporeal form, they're in bears form. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but else might just be tied to the Animal Crossing where you're, you're the only human. Everybody else is animals. That kind of thing. But you kind of run into these people. Uh, you talk to them. You find out that, you know, a little bit about them. And they are kind of haven't moved on to the, the afterlife. They're kind of stuck in limbo on this island. And you're kind of talking to them, figuring out, you know, doing quests for them. All that. And I assume it leads up to the ultimate point where they realize, you know, what sort of hangups they have and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lets them move on to the to the afterlife. Yeah. Uh, and so you're kind of dealing with, you know, collecting materials to do crafting, uh, doing quests, like, oh, get me. Like, there's a postal carrier bear that's on the island. So it's like, oh, this mail got lost. You need to go find all the three pieces of this mail that is out there. Uh, and there's a, one of them that gives you hints if you are trying to collect something for a quest. You can't just find can't find the last one. It'll give you hints, that kind of stuff. Uh, has a nice style to it, and I was playing it a bit earlier. First time doing it, not at the middle of the night. So it was uh, bright out, and like the uh, the different areas that these bears have are kind of translucent during the day, which I guess mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, at night, they kind of light up and are more visible as what they are, uh, whereas in the daytime, they kind of look more translucent and uh, see-through and all that kind of stuff. Uh, which was a neat little touch there. I was expecting and it plays out in real time. So I put it up right now. It show me the, the current time. That kind of stuff. Uh, so I assume there's a reason to do things during the, the day versus the night or whatever, but I haven't quite gotten to that yet. It's still kind of introducing things to me. So, uh, But enjoying that so far. Uh, definitely going to put some more time into that. And uh, that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Uh, yeah, well, I am still playing Disco Elysium, the final cut, um, and I already started writing my review uh, yesterday. Well, actually, I started writing it Friday. Um, started writing it in earnest yesterday. But, um, yeah, uh, Towards the end of this game, it starts to the the world that you're inhabiting inhabiting in this game starts to it doesn't like the actual play area in the game that you're in isn't terribly large. You're basically in this city called this little city, well, a part of this little city called Martinez, um, which is sort of like if you took uh, a bomb. 
bombed out part of Eastern Europe and dumped it in the middle of the French Riviera. Um, it's like everything on this, uh, in this city, so much of it, there are still like, there was this like enormous, um, basically about over, about over 50 years ago before the game started, uh, there was this enormous revolution that happened uh, called the Anti-Centennial Revolution. And it sort of started off, it basically kind of started off like our, like in our world, the October Revolution. Uh, where, you know, Lenin and the Bolsheviks seized power, and then that started to inspire other similar revolutions across Europe. Um, but what happens here instead is that after a couple of months, what happens is that uh, a group of the foreign nations called the Coalition, uh, which I guess by modern standards we would call them sort of like the First World, or the Global North, if you want to call them, basically come together and ruthlessly strangle the revolution in its crib in a most brutal manner. Um, they basically level the city of Martinez and and like chew up a huge chunk of the, of the nation of Redishol itself, um, which Martinez is in. And by the time you start this game, you know, uh, there have been like a lot of new buildings that have been built. Yeah. But there's also, like, a lot of places where there's still, like, craters and, like, old military buoys and barriers. Uh, there's still places riddled with, like, bullet holes. Um, you'll still find, like, old um, rifles and stuff from the Revolution, like, hidden away in, like, compartments. Um but what really starts to get you is like, like the, already from the beginning, you get the idea like this is a world that is vaguely kind of similar to our own. It has like a lot of things that resemble our world. Um, you know, there's, you know, but once the uh, you actually get into like more information, the game itself opens up and you find out that Elysium itself is very, very much not like our world. It is very distinctly alien in a lot of ways. Not necessarily just in the way and how, like, technology has, you know, branched off in ways. Like, for example, uh, automobiles in this world resemble more like uh, horseless carriages, carriages with engines on them. Uh, that kind of thing. Um and you'll notice there's a lot of uh, use of uh, aerostatic aircraft, you know, airships, stuff like that. Apparently they do have, like, helicopters as well, but those are, like, used for, like, more local stuff. But what you find out about Elysium itself is that Elysium is not a globe. It's a bunch of areas of land and sea that are divided by this enormous phenomenon. Well, the areas of land and sea that are called the Solas. And in between these Isolas, there's this huge, like, gray unreality called the Pale. And the Pale is basically this area where whenever you enter it, basically all the laws of physics and time and space basically completely break down. And by the time the world has gotten to the point that you are in this game, uh, you know, all the places have gotten it where, you know, aircraft and exploration have gotten where you can pass the pale re relatively easily. But the problem with is that the longer you're in the pale, the bigger 
effect it has on your sanity. So because of this, you know, things like airplanes and, you know, you know, uh, not lighter than air, but um, heavier than air aircraft are simply something that just cannot exist over long distances. So you're either going through something like submarines or you're going using airships. And one of the things you discover while you're in Martinez is that the pale is actually expanding. And that there's this church that you go into and you find out the pale is not only expanding, it's actually starting to reproduce itself in very small spaces in the rafters of this church in Martinez. And it seems to imply that the pale is something that that is created by a human intelligence. It's not actually, it's a natural phenomenon, but it's a natural phenomenon that is being accelerated by human action. So basically they've got a nice parallel to climate change just built right into this universe. Um, let's see, what else? Oh yeah, um, I forgot what I did. Oh yeah, uh, I accidentally shot one of the kids. one of the kids you end up meeting next to the body because she was such a little shit, and I did not realize that that was the reaction I was going to be taking. But there you go. So yeah, uh, that's this goal easy. I'm look for my review of that soon on Smashpad.com. Uh, also, I am also playing Splatoon too because that's become kind of a nightly thing for me, and I'm getting better at it. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, about it. So, uh, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, I'm still primarily on Bravely Default 2. I'm about 40 <laughs> hours in now, and I completed, I think it was the third or fourth chapter. I believe there's six in there. So I was like, yeah, this game is, um, a lot longer than I anticipated it being. Um, not mm-hmm. that I expect an RPG to not, to not be long, but normally, like, you know, these, these exclusive ones, especially from, from Nintendo, don't end up being too long. But um, part of the reason why this game is so long, aside from the fact that, you know, I've, I've had my struggles with uh, how hard it is, is the fact that every single dungeon that you play through feels mm-hmm. like a final dungeon in any other RPG. Like, <laughs> um, to put it more in perspective, like, you know, if you're playing like a Tales of Symphonia or something like that, they all have very linear paths. Whereas all the dungeons in Brave Default 2 have like all these... Um, mazes and you know it's easy to run into a dead end and the reason why it's like that is because you have no map so when you're running through everything that that's so samey um it's hard to really tell where you are and without a map like it it makes it even worse Mm -hmm. so you know you you compare it to a game like i don't know trails of cold steel where there's a map that's constantly being uh produced with 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 all your traveling and, you know, you, you, have, you have an idea of where you're going and where all the chests are. Whereas with this game, like, if you want to be able to tell how many chests are in a dungeon, you have to make sure that you have to be, you have the ability equipped. And, you know, that's great for exploration, but when it comes to an actual battle, that ability won't help you. So there's all sorts of micromanagement that, like, um, really turns me off as far as, like, my patience. But the reason why I'm still playing is because... Um, even though it follows that typical JRPG format with the cliches of like, you know, the ice crystal and the fire crystal and all that, the way this story is told is like really well done. And um, I can't say enough, like how this really feels like 
the way Final Fantasy was supposed to be headed, you know, after 10 or uh, whatever it may be. Like, obviously, like, they're, they're, they're going in a certain direction with it, especially with uh, uh, the action-based uh, uh, gameplay that you see in 7-2 and things like that. But um, Bravely Default is definitely a, a system that, that works, and it's very familiar to anybody that's played any of the old games. And that's something that I, I can really appreciate. But at the same time, it feels like I'm playing a game that's both progressive and still stuck in the past, and it doesn't really clash well. So when I eventually do start my review, even though you know we're, we're, we're as late as we are, but again, it's, it's long, that's going to be like the main thing I struggle with as far as like really recommending it or not. But as a hardcore RPG fan, I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, that said, while I'm um, nose deep into this one, I haven't been playing anything else as much. Um, I did download the, uh, the pre-install for uh, the show on Xbox uh, Series X, so uh, I hope to um, get some impressions for that next week when it officially comes out. Uh, but above all, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm just waiting for Pokemon Snap. I do want to add something I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, the... Uh, Xbox Insider stuff had a preview for Lawn Mowing Simulator. I was like, I'll check that out, see what that is. Uh, though I didn't get into it until like the last couple days, so I didn't get a chance to play too much. But it uh, is pretty neat. Controls a little bit weird, but you're essentially starting like a lawn mowing business, uh, going out doing jobs and sort of uh, driving around the. You know, the lawns, they're not too big. It's England. They don't have lawns as big as, you know, we do here in the U.S. But uh, definitely a neat idea. A little bit complicated for just getting things to work because uh, if I was sw- uh, switching the the measurement units uh, from, you know, Imperial to uh, the metric stuff, it would break the game a little bit because it would tell me that it wanted the grass to be, you know, two millimeters high and if i was in inches it would stay that so it's like i don't know what that is in inches mm-hmm. so i had to swatch uh switch it back so that the ui would actually uh be correct but once i got it working it worked pretty well you know you're kind of doing driving around the yard uh you do have a bag for the mm-hmm. the leavings yeah and if it gets close to being full you can drive it back to a, a spot to dump it but uh there's also a button for to show you all the spots you missed. I think the the jobs I had just said get like 99% done and you're good. Which still means there's like uh, little bits of grass here and there that I missed. And if you run over people's flowers, it's uh, a fine. You lose a little bit of money. But uh, it seems like one of those neat uh, little simulator games that uh, could work out pretty well. So yeah, that, that beta's over with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's out at some point. I forget when, when it was mentioned, when it was out. But yeah, that's uh, that's happening at some point. Okay. That seems um, be- be- before we started, um, I I actually also started playing Tools Up. Um, I got yeah. a code for Go it earlier this week, and um, this game actually came out uh, early last year. Um, with this one, it's 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 kind of like a kind of like Overcooked. It's one of those like multiplayer party games, but this game is all about like home improvement and, you know, um, redoing your home and stuff like that. And it's different in the sense where, like, all of the instructions have to come through the blueprints you find at the, at the very beginning of each level. 
Whereas with Overcooked, like you have you have a menu and you have a way you want to prepare it. Whereas with this one, you want to make sure that you have all your materials beforehand and set them up before you go ahead and you know start working on the home. So it's pretty cool. I've only played it for about fifteen minutes. Um, you know, I'll get my brother over to like uh, start start the multiplayer stuff. But it's it, it's interesting, but it's also very different. So I enjoy that. Okay, and that's pretty much it. All right, so let's get to the news here. There's not a ton here, but uh, a number of things happened that are already out now. One of them is a big update hit Blizzard Arcade Collection. Mm-hmm. Added two new games to it, which it, which was surprising because I figured that's uh, one of those collections. That's all it gets. Uh, but no, they have added uh, two new games. Let's see, The Lost Vikings 2. The follow-up to The Lost Vikings that added, I guess it says here, two new characters to control. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, it's uh, Fang the Werewolf and Scorch the Dragon. So you got five characters, I think, to manage. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, more of that. They also added RPM Racing, uh, which is the precursor to rock and roll racing. Uh, a little bit more primitive in its look. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it looks uh, fairly similar for what it is. And, yeah, on top of that, they also added design document gallery to the museum. Yeah. So you can see sort of design docs uh, for the various games, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And yeah, the, the guys at, uh, I forget what the, the dev is for this. I think it's, uh, wait, where is it at? I don't know. It's, uh, was it ocean interactive? Something like that. Uh, does it do like the, the first mega man collection, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I talk about this is kind of something they want to keep doing with their collections they're doing, uh, kind of adding to it, whether it's new content or new behind-the-scenes stuff, that kind of stuff. So that's pretty neat. And if you bought that game uh, when it launched, you've got two more games to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big update for the week is that the PS5 April update hits, which adds a bunch of new features uh, fixes and all that kind of stuff to it. Uh, the big one is that you can now put your PS5 uh, installs on the external drive you have. Uh, so if you need to make room for newer stuff, you can kind of move it to your external drive mm-hmm. and uh, you know save that room for uh, some new stuff, which uh, I immediately used to move Assassin's Creed Valhalla over. Mm-hmm. I forget what else, something else over to free up some space for MLB the show. Yeah, there's a bit of a caveat to that, though. Like, you can move it over, but if you want to play it again, you got to move it back in. Like, I was hoping I'd be yeah. able to play from the hard drive, but you can't. Yeah, I don't think those external drives are necessarily fast enough just yet. Mm. Uh, they do mention in the article that the internal extor- uh, storage expansion uh, is happening still. Uh, they're still working on it. Uh, but they will you know, obviously announce when it's ready to go and what uh, what uh, expansion drives will work with it. So mm. that'll be uh, happening here sometime, probably this summer, hopefully. Hopefully, uh, yeah. But yeah, that is, uh, that is that. Let's see. Also, SharePlay. If you use that on your PS5 or PS4, you can now do that cross-generation. So you can... Let friends that are on your PS4 that maybe haven't gotten a chance to get a PS5 yet play some games with you, mm-hmm. or just hang out and watch what you're playing, whatever you, 
want to use it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. Uh, same with, uh, yeah, the game invites. You can do that mm-hmm. now between both platforms so that people can see them on both. Uh, so you can do that. So let's see. They improve the game base, which is sort of the friends list on there. Uh, yeah, you can switch between parties and friends, chat to existing parties, or see what other people are doing. You can also just disable in-game chat uh, console-wide mm. uh, from the console level or just the volumes of the other players. A uh, big one here is game update pre-download. So you can now, for stuff like Call of Duty, instead of you know surprising you with that 20-gig update or whatever they have out for the for whatever they're doing, uh, they can sort of push that early so that you can kind of preload it before uh, the actual content goes live in the game. Uh, save yourself a little bit of time for that stuff. Let's see, Ooh. you can hide games in your game library so that you can do that. You can also do search on there as well. Uh, they've added screen zooming Ooh. for people that need that. Yeah, they've changed the trophies a little bit. Uh, you can customize yeah, the automatic capture of screenshots or videos. Uh, that stuff. You can customize it to only do it for like the platinum or gold trophies or whatever. They say there's a new trophy stat screen, which just seems like it shows your level, your progress to the next level, and how many of each type of trophy you have. Mm. Not really a big thing there, but the PlayStation app has also been updated to let you better manage your PS5 console storage. Yeah, joining multiplayer sessions uh, from the app to manage that stuff. Uh, trophy collection, com- compare, and all that kind of stuff. So, and there's a bunch of stuff beyond this. I think you can better manage your saves directly from the the dashboard, so you can make sure you have you know your saves synced. Uh, if it's something you freshly downloaded, you can pull your save more easily from the cloud from there yeah. versus going back into the settings and drilling down in the save thing to figure out where to get that stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff. I think they've fixed a lot of issues people had with external drives, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think the DualSense has also been updated, so that the the, uh, the Rumble for PS4 games is a bit better. Mm. So it's kind of a bit weird on uh, DualSense playing PS4 stuff. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff here, and I think people are still digging in and finding other things. I think it fixes the HDR issue that people have been having. Mm-hmm. Where it's applying HDR to everything, even if it doesn't have HDR support. Mm-hmm. So some games are looking a bit worse uh, because they weren't built for HDR. Mm-hmm. So you can just have it, you know, only turn it on when games that are going to use it mm-hmm. uh, uh, can turn it on, that kind of stuff. So yeah, nice big update for the PS5. Definitely makes it feel uh, a good bit better. Just looking forward to whatever is coming with that. Uh, yeah, that uh, internal storage expansion updates. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that vertical there. trophy list, man. They're not that big of a change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting for an actual console. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, consoles, the PS5, apparently, despite the shortages, has still put enough consoles out there to be the fastest-selling console in U.S. history. 
fucking shit. So yeah, there's more than there's ever been, Brandon, and still you're not able to get one, I guess. Am I just going to have to start robbing stores? Like, is that literally the only thing? Am I just going to have to break into people's houses? You're going to find the houses of the people that are scalping these? Uh, you can break into those? That might be what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, you're just going to have to go in there and fuck them up and say, you know, I'll beat the shit out of you if you don't give me one of those. And I'll drop the $500 here. Yeah. Just pay you that cost. But yeah, in spite of this, all those fucking scalpers and their fucking bots uh, managed to make this the fastest selling console in U.S. history. Yeah, though so, I think it would have happened either way. It just it might have. people would have been able to get them directly for cost. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. This is uh, fastest selling hardware platform in terms of dollars as well as units. Uh. So yeah, that's if there's any sort of hope, uh, the last drop that happened on PS Direct actually lasted for a few hours, and they actually prevent people who have the same address from accessing it. So of course, you know, you can bypass that by like changing your address and stuff. But I guess that, that's that's sort of good news. So they're 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 sort of getting more plentiful. But I still don't expect any real stock until like fall. So yeah, Tony scalpers, you're still on my shit list. Yeah, look out for Brandon. He's coming for you. Hide your kids, hide your wives. Okay, Brandon. Uh, Speaking of women, uh, Aloy is coming to Fortnite. She's already up there now, but you can check that out. Like, it's up for another week or so. You can buy the bundle and get all the stuff. Uh, It looks really nice. I think if you're playing on a PlayStation platform, you unlock a new, uh, like, custom version of her outfit. It's like a blue one. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty nice. I guess there's supposed to be a team up limited time mode with her and Laura Croft Mm. that was going on, but I think it got delayed because of tech issues at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's supposed to happen this weekend. I think it's supposed to happen next weekend now. So that is neat that Sony has more games on the, or more characters on Fortnite. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty nice. Let's see. Also, kind of out now there was a resident evil village demo it's out on the that was out on ps5 and ps4 they got the early access of that stuff it was only available for eight hours to play i think last night it was like mm. 8 p.m eastern time to 4 a.m mm. which mean like 5 to 1 a.m for you dan reb yeah that's pretty weird whole mm. thing there there's two different demos. There's the village demo, which I think is the one that came out now. Mm. Uh, that was playable last night and the castle demo, which is out the 24th. I guess next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, yeah, those are the early access hours for PlayStation. It's like eight hours. You can play it and it's 30 minutes at most. Uh, they're limiting how much time. For that, and I think if you are just want to play it without any hassle, though it seems like that might still only be available for might be available for one day, twenty four hours, mm-hmm. uh, May first, five p.m. Pacific, eight p.m. Eastern, to May second, five p.m. Pacific, eight p.m. Eastern. Uh, this will have Europe and Asia times if you need that. And this article. A bit weird. I haven't even 
I didn't even get a chance to play it. I don't know. I downloaded it. Who knows? I might load it just see what happens. But this is part of the the Resident Evil showcase they had the other day. So yeah, that's the thing you probably missed if you weren't paying attention to it. Yeah. Uh, but you'll get another chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a Resident Evil guy, so I don't know if I'll uh, really try. But it, it, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Oh yeah, Brandon, you were playing Genshin Impact. Yeah. On your PS4. Uh, eventually, you'll get a PS5. Yeah. Uh, no idea when, but Genshin Impact will be waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Is getting the PS5 uh, update on April 28th. Yeah, and they're inside the new update. Yeah, and they're going to be doing player housing this time. So yep. it's uh, the version 1.5. The title I think is called "Beneath the Light of Jadeite." Mm. Uh, so yeah, you can. Yeah, there's new events, new enemies, more story stuff, new mm. characters. Hang out with your characters. Uh, and yeah, you have your own player housing, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's pretty neat. Definitely looking forward to this this update happening, so I can jump back in and uh, put some more time into that. Mm. Looks like a pretty beefy update. Mm. So yeah, there's uh, there's that. Let's see, happening next month. Days Gone is hitting PC. Mm. No, there's not going to be a Days Gone too, but um, maybe there'll be mods for this that. Uh, can make it a, a sequel or something. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, that is uh, hitting May 18th, and they put out a trailer to show off the the new features and all that for it. Yeah, 21.9 ultra-wide monitor support. Yeah, unlocked frame rates. Uh, let's see. Yeah, mouse and keyboard support, photo mode, all that kind of stuff that's uh, you can use. They post a bunch of twenty-one-nine uh, screenshots from the mm-hmm. photo mode. So yeah, that'll be neat for the people that want to check that out. Yeah, on Steam, I think it is in Epic Game Store. Okay. Mm. Yeah, Steam. Try to see what the price is. Fifty mm-hmm. bucks. Okay, decent price for that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So E three is happening. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Or at least some form of it. We got our first event announced for it. Ubisoft Forward. Uh, for day one. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think it's 12 p.m. Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern. June 12th. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Like the only other thing that's been announced is a PC gaming show. Mm-hmm. So that'll be happening again. Some PC focused stuff. Mm. So yeah. Even though things less than two months away, we're still gonna trickle out these stupid date announcements. Mm-hmm. This is just telling us up front when things are happening. Oh well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure... I'm definitely looking forward to what uh, Ubisoft has to show. Like I know that they do their forward um, almost quarterly now, um, and there's, there's usually some some good content there. And I'm interested to see like what's going on with um, what's it called, Prince of Persia, and we we, we probably won't hear anything about a. Uh, um, what, what, what was that game? We probably won't, won't hear anything about Beyond Good and Evil, but it would be nice to get an update. Yeah, I think the things that will be talked about is, let's see, Far Cry 6, because that mm-hmm. got delayed from like a February launch. 
Yeah. The Rainbow oh, yeah, Six. The one that Giancarlo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's the new Rainbow Six game that was called Quarantine that I think got changed because yeah. of COVID stuff. Mm. And yeah, Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake. Riders Republic also got delayed. That big uh, motorcycle extreme sports game. Uh, so yeah, they got some stuff to talk about as well as maybe somehow getting like Skull and Bones or Beyond Good and Evil 2 out there. Or whatever else they're doing. Who knows? We'll see. But yeah, that's uh, the first bit of news about E3. It's coming up. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll see what we're going to get. Because uh, E3 is... I would not be surprised if this ends up just being what E3 is going to be going forward. Just a mostly online thing. Because, I mean, yeah. at this you know, they've been having declining revenue to keep operations going for the last few years. Um, and at this point, it's, you know, and there's like declining involvement from the industry. So it's not, I mean, at this point, they're kind of just not really relevant in their original form anymore. Yeah. I mean, like E3 for the consumer is pretty much what you see here. And I really don't see that changing to anything more personal anytime soon but when you think about what e3 is really for in regards to like um the publishers and the 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 stores and the stockholders and the the businesses there's still a lot of value with like having meetings with like the various higher ups for us as far as things like exclusivity and merchandising and all of that's really important Mm -hmm. um but i'd imagine that all of those have been moved to zoom now and like from from the perspective of um of the publishers, like it's really, really expensive to have marketing spend to have like all those boots and stuff like that. Not to mention that you have to hire all these people to pretend they work for your company to, to show your game off. So so there's that. But um I'm just really hoping like um like like I've said in the past that um everybody involved can go ahead and like do their part to make you know this week um as fun as it could be. And I don't know what that means as far as like you know getting demos into the hands of like you know sites or even like the general public but i think as far as like getting things like announcements and things out of the way to get people excited for the holiday that would be ideal granted like it's it's even harder than ever to get proper dates out just because of the pandemic but you know um we've talked about it before with like you know pat and phil and like our, our old crew like e3 used to be about um getting us excited for the holiday and it's it's kind of strayed far from that over the past two generations, but mm-hmm. I'm still interested in seeing what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, let uh, let's be honest. YouTube basically didn't kill E3, but it basically maimed it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to this weird whole fury of acquisition news out of Square Enix. Yeah, uh, apparently there was like this uh, this report, like random ass report that surfaced like out of the ether that su- suggested that uh, Square Enix was apparently going up for sale. Yeah, it came out of Bloomberg Japan, mm. suggesting there were interest from several buyers to acquire Square Enix. Mm-hmm. And kind of got enough fervor that they had to come out and say like, yeah, there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it 
seems like people might have gotten this kind of out of from like bankers in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like hoping to, I don't know, stir the stock or something like that. Uh, because obviously it hasn't been super great with you know things like Avengers kind of uh, not doing well for them. Mm. Like you would hope. Yeah. Not in the way that like the Spider-Man stuff has been great for Sony. So yeah, that's... Uh, that fortunately has not really panned out anyway. Mm. Uh, as Greenix kind of said here, we do not consider selling off the company or any part of its business, nor have we received any offer from any third party to acquire the company or any part of its business. Mm. So yeah, there's a, uh, doesn't seem like there's any smoke in that, in that direction. Yeah. Indicating some sort of fire as uh, people are like, Oh, it's Microsoft. They're going to buy Square Enix so they can force the Japanese public to pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Which like, yeah, it still doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's something that Microsoft can definitely do. I mean, in my opinion, I think they still overpaid for Bethesda. Um, but, I mean, l- l- let's be honest. Uh, Square Enix is probably worth more than that. And I just don't see it happening, mainly because as far as the way Japanese companies are run, they aren't, they aren't really set up to be, you know, just, just be bought out of nowhere. There's a whole lot of, like, tax implications. And in regards to Square Enix, they're actually publicly um, traded. So... You know, um, this is something that they have to shoot down right away because this affects the stock price, and you know they, they, they can't have that, especially if it'll you know affect it negatively. And these are also people's jobs. Um, and again, the, the the mentality of like making a company grow so much to the point where it's uh, um, taken over by another is it's, it's very American and not very Japanese at all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, the Xbox faithful that wants to acquire every company unfortunately has to subside for a bit on this story. But yeah, let's get to some uh, game news, I guess. The Nintendo Indie World showcase happened this week, showcasing a bunch of games. Some new, some not so new, but uh, we'll kind of go through here as they were announced in the show. There's Road 96. Yeah. Which is sort of a, a narrative uh, adventure game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're kind of uh, hitchhiking with people trying to uh, learn their stories, figure out your own, all that kind of stuff, making decisions, uh, what sort of people you go with, all that kind of stuff. That seemed pretty neat. Uh, that is a Switch and PC later this year. Uh, let's see. The next one is Aerial Knights. Never Yield. Mm. I guess this is mostly a solo dev game mm. that is coming to pretty much everything. Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. Demo's out now on the Switch, but uh, it looks like it'll be out May 19th uh, for the full game. Which that one looked pretty neat. It's like a, a runner of sorts. Mm. Yeah, 3D runner uh, with the black lead. Like on Twitter, he was uh, the guy who goes by the username Aerial Knights or Aerial Knight. So he's saying this is you know a game being made by somebody that hasn't uh, really gotten the freedom to make a game yet. Yeah. Uh, and any other company he was working at. Yep. So yeah, that looks pretty neat for that game. Uh, let's see. Last stop, the these two games here are Annapurna games mm-hmm. that were announced. 
this one last up is let me see what it says here i have from variable state single player third person adventure in london Mm. Uh, three separate characters are kind of playing in the midst of a supernatural crisis and it seems kind of very much like one of those kind of story focused games where you're making decisions and all that kind of stuff uh, that looks pretty neat. That is coming to pretty much everything. Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. It's out in July. Uh, the other game from uh, Annapurna is Hindsight, which is coming to Switch, PC, iOS. That is kind of uh, like a very story-focused game about uh, looking into distant memories, unseen futures. Mm-hmm. And from the creators of a game called Prune. Mm. So yeah, that's a narrative exploration game spanning the entirety of a woman's life. Mm. It's kind of looking into her life, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That'll be out later this year. Cool. That looked pretty neat. Let's see, the next game, probably one of the big ones, first big ones announced, Ollie Ollie is getting a sequel, a third oh. game, called Ollie Ollie World. Huh. Where it's a, a fairly big change up. The... Uh, the big thing is it's in, or the the visuals are in 3D. Mm-hmm. You're still going in 2D, doing your your skateboarding combos and all that kind of stuff. But you have lots of paths you can take to split up and go in different directions, uh, as well as like characters you can run into to get new uh, secrets to uncover, uh, stuff to do, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That has come into pretty much everything. Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, PC. Uh, when mm-hmm. this winter? Uh, mm. The next game here was The the Longing, mm. uh, which seems a pretty far-fetched game. Uh, you are a character that has to stay inside this cave for 400 days and not be able to go outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know who would stay inside for 400 days in a row. That seems weird. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a, a point-click adventure game uh, where you're kind of passing the time. Yeah, from a German indie. Yeah, very old school looking point and click adventure game too. Yeah, uh, came out originally on the PC on Steam in March last year, so right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yep. So you can have this countdown clock going as you go and like, oh, read a book and look through it or do a puzzle or whatever, and that'll pass time and, uh, you know, take some time off of the clock. Mm. Uh, that you can also do some other stuff. I think that will sort of change the the speed it's counting down, that kind of stuff. So it's not you're not going to play this for 400 straight days or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's a kind of a game that uh, it was a weird topic like that. Let's mm. see. The next one here is there is no game. Wrong dimension. <laughs> uh, just for the switch. This is a game that came out on PC last year, and I think maybe phones as well. Mm -hmm. That is a comedy game that's uh, kind of a spoof where initially you have some guys like telling you, like, there is no game here, and you kind of play with the logo, unveil, you know, find secrets there that unravels to the point that you're doing uh, a lot of different kind of puzzles, some that are like, oh, here's something that looks like an old LucasArts uh, adventure game. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, or something that looks like a Zelda game uh, or puzzle games. Uh, dipping into as you're seeing the 
the dude that's like running the game is kind of getting constantly frustrated with you fucking up his uh, stuff and trying to make there be an actual game and this thing where it clearly says there's no game. <laughs> yeah, this game looked hilarious and uh, it was the one that caught my interest the most. I tried emailing yeah. the publisher, but I, got, I didn't get a response yet, so I'll probably just buy it. <laughs> yeah, the, the game is out now, so you can kind of check that out. Mm-hmm. Just saw somebody searching on the eShop for There Is No Game and being a bit mm-hmm. humorous, like, oh, I don't know if this is part of the game or not. Because mm-hmm. they're saying there's no game. So, yeah, that's out now. 13 bucks. So you can check that out. Uh, then they had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge on. Yep. Uh, just announcing Switch is one of the consoles that it's coming to. Nothing else I think has been announced yet. Mm. You got to see a little bit more gameplay of that, which still looks really nice. Uh, and that's still out later this year. So that'll be interesting to see what else that gets announced on. I assume probably some PlayStation consoles and Xbox consoles. Uh, yeah, the next one here is a game called Chris Tales, which I think has been around for a while. It might have been a Kickstarter game. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I've seen that name around for a while, but it's coming to everything uh, July 20th. Yeah, Chris Tills is a game that um, has been around for a while. Like you said, it's published by Modus Games. It's it's, it's an indie title, um, and it has a really, really beautiful art style. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it reminds me of like stained glass windows, except cleaner. Um, I played it a little bit on Xbox One as part of last year's uh, Summer of Gaming activity. And the demo I played was really, really good. Um, and it was supposed to come out last November, but it ended up uh, being delayed. So yeah. I'm hoping that um, what, end, what ends up coming out this year ends up being a polished game, because this definitely um, could move the needle here. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I need this in my life, like, right now. Yeah, it's inspired by classic JRPGs with uh, that kind of... Uh, attack system though it has time based uh, abilities so you gotta rewind time make enemies easier uh, or maybe effectively kill them if you fast forward a lot uh, that kind of stuff yeah it's it's tough to explain it from a preview perspective but if you watch the trailer um, there's a part in the battle system or even in regular gameplay where you see like the screen have like three different um, resolutions of color and each of those actually take part, takes part in a different time um, uh, part of time. So when you use that, um, when you use that feature to the utmost, uh, you'll be able to like really strategize how to go about your attack. And it's also really good for puzzle solving. Yeah. So it seems like the, there's a demo out now for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it came out as part of this event, this announcement or what, but, uh, if you're on the eShop page, you can click download demo and have it uh, loaded onto your cons- on your Switch pretty soon. All right. So you can check that out early. Uh, mm-hmm. The next game here, Getsu Fuma Den, Undying Moon. It is a new game from Konami. Mm. Uh, not Konami making it, but they're at least publishing it. Uh, Konami Digital Entertainment, I think, is their label that's doing that. But by, mm. a, pub- uh, by a developer named Guru Guru which has a really striking art style to it. It's kind of like mythological Japanese art style, the mm-hmm. way that those kind of uh, drawings and such are done. It's kind of very much in that kind of style. Yeah, and it's uh, also from coming from Konami? Yeah, published by Konami. Wow. Yeah. 
yeah, the, the funny part is Konami pretending to be an indie. But um, anyway, I, this is actually like from an old series back in the NES days, and it's being revived. And mm. that game, from what I remember, like people talking about, like it was really, really hard. So I'd imagine, you know, you know you're going to get the same uh, brutal gameplay that you build on the Switch here. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's good to see Konami doing something, pretending to be an indie. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is they're just publishing an indie game, uh, like a lot of these other ones. But yeah, I'm trying to see the the dev here. Yeah, I don't know if this is the right one. There's a lot of things named Guru Guru on mm. the internet. Okay, they are part of the Thunderful group, I think. Mm. If this is the same one. Or maybe not. I don't know. Mm. No, I don't see any mention of this game on their Twitter. No, this, this Twitter hasn't been used in a few years, so it probably mm. isn't them. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, also, it, it's also worth noting that this was uh, the this was the the final announcement in the Japan version of the direct. So, I mean, there 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 should be some some meat to this game. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that. Uh, pans out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The next game, Aztec Forgotten Gods, uh, which seemed like a pretty neat-looking game, uh, mm-hmm. coming to everything Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, PC this fall. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that Getsu Fumaden game is coming out next year. Ah. So not anytime soon for that. The catch. Uh, but yeah, Aztec Forgotten Gods is based on, uh, I think Mexican uh, mythology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mesoamerican metropolis where it takes place in. Yeah, Cyberstone action adventure following Oxley, a young woman who battles the colossal forgotten gods. Mm. Uh, which looks pretty neat. It's like a third person action game from what it looked like. Uh, some stuff that kind of also reminded me of the Prince of Persia game on the PS3 and Xbox 360, the uh, the the one with Nolan North as the main character. Uh, yeah, it was like less combat to it. It was a lot of like wall running and all that kind of stuff. Uh, as like the main yeah. thing you're doing around the the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of had a little bit of vibe of that to it. That looks pretty neat. Yeah, that's coming out this fall for mm-hmm. all the platforms. Uh, yeah. The next one that got. Oh, what'd you say, Brandon? I was. Just, I'm looking at this and I'm like. Yeah, uh, this is this is this looks good. Yeah, like this looks really good. Yeah, it's a really nice style to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, you're right, though. The look of it, it really does remind me of like the the second series of the second series of Prince of Persia games. Um, like at least as far as like the traversal and stuff is. Yeah. It, uh, involved because yeah there's all that like wall running and yeah yeah uh, i actually really enjoyed this uh this game's sense of style um the combat scenes didn't really feel like my cup of tea but it, it looks like it could be something too mm-hmm. yep so that'll be one to check out uh the next one here has been out for pc for a little bit skull the hero slayer mm-hmm. where you are playing the titular skull who's trying to take down heroes. Yeah. Uh, that's coming to all the consoles, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. Uh, that is out this summer at some point. Uh, yeah, you're the skull. It's 1L, just in case you're mm-hmm. trying to Google it. Uh, you're trying to 
you know, take on the Imperial army and rescue the, the skull King, I guess, from captivity, sort of a roguelike 2d platformer. So you can check that out here in some of the near future, next few months. Uh, let's see. Then they did a little montage of other games that are coming. There's art of rally coming out this summer, switch and Xbox was announced a few weeks ago. Uh, so that is uh, happening. That's like the, the relaxing uh, rally game. Mm. Uh, kind of thing to it. There's a game called Kiwi. Mm. K-E-Y-W-E. That is a cooperative postal puzzler, as they call it here. You mm. can play as two small Kiwi birds that are running a post office. Uh, you know, jumping around, uh, flapping, butt slamming across all these different levers, bells, buttons to get mm. the messages uh, set out on time. Mm. The weird variety of uh, characters. There's Jeff and Deborah, the Kiwis. Mm-hmm. In the Bungalow <laughs> Basin tele- Telepost office. So, yeah, that's that. Let's see. Also announced uh, Kiwis coming to everything in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next game here is called Labyrinth City Pierre the Maze Detective from Darjeeling. It's adapted from a children's book series. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at this and I'm like, uh, wow, this is very, uh, very. Kind of looks like the aesthetic that you see in like a Where's Waddle kind of thing. Very, very busy art style kind of thing. Yeah, it's very Where's Waldo esque looking. And especially when they got the, the big city scenes where there's like tons of people around. Mm-hmm. You could spend, you know, minutes just looking in different corners and seeing. What are the details you can find there? Yeah. Actually, you, you said it reminds you of Where's Waldo. It actually reminds me. Okay, so there was this, uh, there there actually did used to be this other um, uh, kids book series that I remember uh, seeing once or twice when I was a kid. That was very similar to this. It was essentially, uh, again, it was like one of those heavily illustrated kids books but it was uh, they were all like mazes and you were trying to get through you know all the mazes and you know they would have like different difficulty you know some of them would be like double layered and stuff and yeah this is some of this does kind of remind me of that yeah Yeah, it's kind of like an adventure puzzle game kind of thing yeah getting objects to find trophies uh puzzles and all that kind of stuff to deal with. Yeah. So yeah, that looks neat. That's mm-hmm. a switch. Let's see switch and switch PC and mobile sometime this spring. Mm-hmm. So probably pretty soon for that. Let's see. There's weaving tides, which is from a team called follow the feathers. Mm-hmm. This is coming just to switch in PC at the moment. Uh, which kind of looks like a uh, adventure puzzle kind of game. Yep. Uh, yeah, single player adventure set in the world of magic and textile. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that looks pretty neat. Yeah, kind of like a weaving gameplay, stitch and cut mm-hmm. your way through the textile landscape mm. uh, to wrap up your foes, conquer tricky dungeons and puzzles. So that looks pretty neat. There. A uh, game that we talked about a while ago when it got announced, The House of the Dead is getting a remake. Yep. 
And I think the second one is also supposed to be getting it at some point, but it's just for the Switch right now. Maybe PC. I was trying to find dates or anything and didn't. It was so full of crap on the, the Google yeah. search there because that's too many uh, terms there. But mm. that's happening sometime later this year. Uh, so, yeah, kind of a remake of that uh, original game. Yeah. With a nice uh, new look to it. Yeah, it's, they're making it more realistic, more atmospheric. Um, yeah. yeah, if, uh, the, you know, back when, uh, arcades were king, this was like one of the big quarter getters, um, yeah. or tokens because it was a legitimately really solid, um, you know, light gun game and a very difficult one too. Um, yeah, it got exponentially harder the further you went in, um, which is literally the definition of exponentially harder. So I don't. Yeah. So I don't know uh, why we uh, why I fucking said that, but yeah, um, it was also really fucking nerve wracking too because uh, you look at those game at that game now and it is just the, like the polygons and the character builds and all stuff were just incredibly silly. Yeah. Back then, though, uh, back then that shit scared the ever loving crap out of me. Yeah, and I think it had green blood. Uh, it, or was well, that some later game? Uh, no, it depended. Uh, it was uh, a setting that the okay. um, that the arcade owner could turn on and off. Okay, I remember there being like just ridiculous amounts of blood. And there sometimes was it'd be green. Sometimes it would be green. I mean, uh, there was like I do think there were a couple of enemies that were that did make like green blood, but. There was like a uh, a setting that the arcade owner could do where he could turn all the blood green if he wanted to, yeah. or he could turn off blood entirely. Yeah. Um, that was also a thing. In fact, I think that was uh, the default setting on a lot of the demo uh, footage that you'd see when the game wasn't being played. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be out later this year. Hmm. Uh, I assume it'll be out for PC at some point. You can use your mouse for that. Uh, and I guess the PlayStations could do that. They're gyro controllers. Yep. So, yeah, that could happen as well. Let's see. Next game is Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights. Mm. Uh, that one is... Oh, yeah, this one I was looking it up. It's a Metroidvania-style Souls-like kind of thing. So that kind of game. Uh, yeah, nice little uh, art style to it. It's coming to all the things June twenty first. Huh. So yeah, you'll be able to check that out. So I think it's been in early access on Steam for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It seems I'm like not... you can at least pre-order it on Switch for ten percent off. Yeah, I'm so, uh, I'm looking at this right now, and I'm like, okay, so apparently there's like two characters that you're playing here. There's a big, you know, grim-looking knight dude with the big sword, and there's a little girl in the white dress, and I'm like, and I'm I'm wondering like if, like I I don't want this to be like one giant escort mission, but maybe it's also like they both are sort of like connected to each other, and one of them like is does physical attacks, maybe the other one does magical or projectile attacks or healing magic. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to see if it mentions anything about 
what is going on here. Uh, I'm going to guess that you're not really escorting. I assume it's probably something. She's maybe like your magic or kind of something like that. Mm. But yeah, I don't think it's necessarily that kind of game. All right. So we should probably have to take a look at some more gameplay footage of that to see how it actually works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. The next game here, Beasts of Maravilla Island. Mm. That's also coming to everything in June. Yeah. Yeah, that is like a 3D adventure game. You're exploring this uh, beautiful-looking forest mm-hmm. that has a lot of life around it, a lot of nice art-style stuff here. You can take pictures mm-hmm. as you want to. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so that kind of seems pretty neat. Yeah, puzzles and all that kind of stuff. So that looks neat. Then they kind of ended this little montage here to reveal that Fez is out on Switch right now. So if you haven't Mm -hmm. checked that out somehow, because it's been on every other platform. uh, Not on Nintendo, I don't think, but PlayStation all that. So yeah, you can check it out now. I think it's got a launch discount at mm-hmm. $13.49. Yeah. Like 15 bucks, so about 10% off right there. Uh, mm. So you can check out the new Polytron port to the mm. Switch. And uh, yeah, that's a fantastic game. Puzzle mm-hmm. platformer. Uh, some neat ways that it makes use of its mechanics to uh, bury some puzzles in there that you may not expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, how they would work. So that'd be interesting to see people in 2021 trying to figure out how to solve some of those puzzles. Yeah, that game is, uh, God, how old is that game now? Um, had to have come out like 20, something like that. I think it was like, ago. Yeah, it's been around. Maybe. Yeah, it's been around. Like it's, it's almost a decade old now. Um, yeah, 2012, April 13th on Xbox 360. Mhm. Yeah, it's uh definitely like one of those games that somehow is just timeless. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really well done game. Mhm. So yeah, definitely check that out if you haven't. And the last one they ended on a uh a surprise announcement of Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals from Night School Studio. Mm-hmm. Follow up to the original kind of spooky supernatural narrative game. Uh, yeah, about like a group of teens that were at this camp when some weird shit starts happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems to be set five years later. Uh, yeah, Riley returns to her hometown of Kamina to investigate mysterious radio frequency signals causing curious disturbances. Mm-hmm. And it is out later this year. Switch and PC. All right. So yeah, that'll be neat to see. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely something neat. Um, the original game wasn't anything that really blew me away. Um, the reason why I didn't finish it was while I was invested in the story in the story as well as the characters, it was mm-hmm. just hard for me to really care because a lot of the level design is zoomed so far out that you can't even really see the characters, and that kind of really just made it kind of boring to me. So I never finished it, and uh, I'm glad people are excited, but this one didn't really. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. So, like the, the the whole direct in general was a lot of like really just just ho hum announcements for me. And uh, 
it, it, it just didn't um, resonate the way it usually does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked a lot of the stuff that was here. Some stuff I had heard of or stuff that I hadn't uh, seen before, but a lot of stuff that looks pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if I'll check out all that much of it, but that's just because there's there's a lot here. Mm. Uh, we'll see how things go on that front. But yeah, that'll pretty much do it for for us this week. Like the last thing I'll end is uh, a reminder that Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition yeah. is going to be free as of tomorrow Yeah, for the Play at Home initiative. Yes. PlayStation's doing, so... Yes, please get that game if you have not played it yet. It is absolutely worth playing. It is, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to the release of The Last of Us Part Two, uh, this was my very favorite game on PS4. So there's no more excuses. It's free. You don't need PSN. Just get it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, and it's a complete edition, so you don't even need to shell out money for the uh, DLC. So. Yeah. Yeah, well worth it. Uh, and you can get ready for the next game, Forbidden mm-hmm. West, whenever that comes out, uh, supposedly later this year. What yeah. was that, Brandon? I said, yeah, whenever it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be it for this week. We got some games to go play. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you to Brandon Danry for joining me this week. Uh-huh. And yeah, have a good one, everyone. Stay safe.